For a while now, Andrew Clark has been the co-owner of 821 Cafe, a unique and popular restaurant here in Richmond. I say unique because it is one of the few places in the city that has such a diverse crowd. You will see a family next to a punk rocker, next to a VCU student, next to a bar regular, and the place gets busy. So I wanted to talk to Andrew, who I met growing up and who I played in a band with when I was younger, about how he got into the food business, why he decided to do the cafe, and what it's like running such a busy thing as both a parent and a musician. I hope you enjoy our conversation. How did you get into uh, music? Uh, just my, you know, my, my mom was a music teacher and just like was, all, you know, always on the piano and stuff at home and uh, just kind of started picking it out by ear, you know, and took it from there. When, when did you get involved in punk rock and um, what was the appeal for you? Um, oh man, I'll never forget uh, being in like 10th grade and, you know, it was just kind of, it was really like discovering it with my friends at the same time and just like. I remember Jeff Grant, like, mail-ordered um, How to Clean Everything, and we, like, waited around for for weeks and got it, and just, like, it was it was real, just kind of like, holy shit, we didn't know that there was music that was like this out there, you know? Right. You know, and it was cool because um, my parents were always pretty churchy, and Jeff's mom was always, um, you know, was always cool and they always were like into uh into different kinds of music than my parents were so very uh they were a lot more um not allowing isn't the word but they were they were a lot more supportive of him exploring his his own music you know finding what he mm-hmm. likes and i don't know i mean it just it just kind of it just kind of snowballed down there it's really funny like being you know i mean every, everyone loves music but having a lifelong love of music like i said before my mom was a was a music teacher and so she played piano and did music like all day long so when she came home she didn't really want to listen to music and if she did it was always like churchy so right i didn't have like the crazy exposure to lots of different kinds of music that like some kids had then of course you when you get into punk and then you realize like the the community that comes along with it and start playing your own music you just like have this voracious appetite for it and it's funny because i skipped out on so many uh so many bands you just take for granted for being amazing because I was just so entrenched in, you know what, like, that's not punk music, that's not what I want to hear, you know, so when you miss out and on things like the Beatles or bands like that that most people's parents just listen to, it, so that's how you're exposed to it, you know. So I thought it was kind of right. interesting to have, like, to have, like, a reverse musical experience because I feel like that maybe you appreciate it a little bit more after you know a little bit of knowledge about music and playing music, but skipped over the first go around because it wasn't like what I what I was seeking out to like define myself as different from, you know, my parents. I think that's a big part of it for everyone. That's really interesting. That that's 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 really unique that you 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 were uh you had that relationship kind of backwards. Um, yeah, it's weird, huh? <laughs> do you think that's informed like your view of music? Um, I, I mean, I, like I said, uh, approaching those things that most people would be considered to be classics and, you know, and, and all kids know a certain amount of that stuff, you know, like my dad, right. my, my parents were split and, um, you know, my dad was always into Bruce Springsteen and the Beach Boys and oldies and um, beach music and all this kind of stuff. So I think that there's certain kinds of music that, that just everyone knows. 
Um, but I think that like it was, it was, it's really cool to appreciate it at a later stage in life when when you're a 16 year old 16 year old punk kid. You're like, what is this? This is stupid, you know. But then to hear it as a 30 something or 20 something year old person that has experience playing lots of different instruments, you're like, you know what? This is this is simple and this is easy, but this is like so amazing and so beautiful and so creative. I think you have to be able to see the simplicity of it. That's weird because you would think that, you know, I mean, think about training wheels, punk music too. It's like super simple three chord things before mm-hmm. you kind of branch out into other offshoots of it. You know, I guess full disclosure here, you, you played trumpet for my band. Um, I've always ended up playing weird instruments in band. <laughs> Which is weird because I, you I, play? Love, I love playing guitar. Like, I love playing guitar in band. I love writing songs on guitar. Like, I, you know, have a guitar in my hand two or three hours a day if I could. Um, I play guitar. I mean, just because I grew up around um, playing, my mom playing the piano, and I just remember, like, being like, hey, mom, teach me how to play Star Wars. And I would just, like, pluck out the melody to Star Wars or Indiana Jones or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then started playing um, other instruments in fifth grade, middle school, and being in band and all that stuff. And I tried, like, three or four different brass instruments. They were all fun, you know, and I think definitely made made some friends doing that and learned how to read music doing that, things that I've pretty much all but forgotten unless it's piano music. And then playing playing with you guys, I mean, it was very much like, you know, I'll, I'll play anything to get to be in a, to get to be in a band. Um, right. And it was cool, too, because, like, I feel like a lot of my – love for reggae and early ska and even, you know, third wave and ska punk and all that kind of stuff came from those experiences. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's definitely like music that is stuck with me pretty heavily. So from there, um, you know, I got, I I got a guitar when I was 16 and just kind of like tried it, you know, just tried, did, did what all kids do. Just, you know, same thing, how I learned to play the piano. I just like plucked out a little melody and, then somewhere along the line, I think Duncan Adams taught me how to play a power chord. And then you just like, it, I love the thing I love about guitars when you find something that you like and you're passionate about it, you just do it nonstop. And, that, yeah. and that's, and that's, how you, that's how you learn, just like hours a day playing the guitar and just trying to figure out how to play every song. And, and yeah, then I went off to school for music and like I, it's just, that's what my, it's, um, I, wanted, I was trying to study recording because I thought it seemed really interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, to go to this music school, you had to pick an instrument that you were focusing on. So I picked um, jazz piano, which is which is kind of interesting because and started taking piano lessons like, you know, a year before I went to college. So I would kind of have some kind of idea what I was doing, and and that that was that was a great experience learning how to um, interpret and read jazz music and knowing like all that stuff is is really cool. And I think it helps me with my basic understanding of music and music theory, um, right. and that's a, man, that's a huge opportunity for granted because I was a 17, 18-year-old kid, and all I wanted to do was smoke pot play video games because I had just gotten my first real taste of independence, you know? But these people are like, you need to be practicing piano four hours a day. <laughs> what 18-year-old kid is going to do that? <laughs> I'm going to get tattoos and not go to class. What is going to a music school like? It was, I mean, it, this was a really, this was like a small school in Winchester, Virginia. I mean, I think... You know, there was under, like, 5,000 people. and um, So it wasn't this huge, crazy campus life. It was cool. I mean, you picked your you, – you had a lot of one-on-one time with 
um, whoever your teacher was that taught you your main instrument. And then you just had, like, training wheels. You know, you had to do, just like any college, you had to do a certain amount of credits of music theory, a certain amount of, like, sight reading. And you just, you know, just very, very limited, like, general education requirements because it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing to want to go to school for because either you're going to be, like, amazing at it and be a performer mm-hmm. or you're going to be a teacher or you're going to be someone that works in the production side. Um, right. Which I, which I thought was cool, and I, I really fell in love with sequencing music when I was there um, because it's so fun. It's such an interesting combination of, like, being able to, to actually see your notes and see them not just as musical notes but as rhythm, you know, if you're, like, you know, it's just say you're just straight programming a programming a beat just to like drag and drop your, you know, to do crazy like thirty second note hi hat parts and a stupid drum beat. You know what I mean? It's really cool yeah, yeah. to see a physical representation for something that you might not necessarily have the skill set to do on a real instrument. So that was like uh, MIDI programming. Yeah, this was like so. I was going to school in '97, so this was like right before the first Pro Tools came out. So it was like Cakewalk and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. um, which I'm sh- I can't even, probably can't even imagine how different it is now. And now you can just get on your computer and make an awesome song in, in GarageBand, which is something that I revisited later in life. It kind of made me have that bug again because, you, yeah, you can just, like, you know, pull together a crappy little song out of all loops, but you can, you can sequence and edit your presets and do crazy things like that. And I kind of went down a rabbit hole doing that. Um, a big mm-hmm. part of it is having an ear of like, you know, all right, well, what sounds good together? What is, you know, what, you know, what wacky ass space goblin noise? You know what I mean? You, it's just, it's super easy to go overboard and make crazy music. Um, right. But it's also super satisfying to get, and it's just like anything that you do, even if it's art, like, or, or drawing, like just the more and more and more you do it, the more you get the muscle memory to just like knock it out, you know, and I, I miss having, like, a lab full of, like, what were all, at the time, like, high-tech stuff because you could go to at any time of night and just be like, all right, cool, I'm going to do this for a couple hours. But, yeah, I mean, my music school experience was mostly, uh, you know, (laughs) not taking it very seriously. So coming from this background, like, at no point during any of this have you mentioned anything related to business, yet um, somehow you ended up, starting of um, the 821 Cafe. How did, how yeah. did you get into that? Um, I, I started working in restaurants like anyone, like, like anyone else who's uh, 20-something that needs to make, make money, you know, to support themselves. And um, I, um, you know, worked around town for a little mm-hmm. bit, and I ended up living with a bunch of guys and playing music with a bunch of guys and they worked at 821. So I went and got a job there. It was kind of my job to, uh, while I finished up school at BCU. Um, and I graduated and I wanted to be a teacher because I was playing in bands and touring at the time. I was like, it's perfect because you can have off in the summer and just go on tour and then just be a teacher. Why not? What did you want to teach? I wanted to teach Spanish. Okay. We, yeah. Another, another weird, you know, like I, I was, into Spanish in high school and enjoyed learning it. And then later on when I was entrenched in restaurant life, I was forced to use it and, like, very much fell in love with, with it as a language. But, yeah, so I, I started working at 821, and I got done in college. And, you know, the owners at the time needed someone to take on more responsibilities. I was like, I'll do it, but, you know, I don't want to do this permanently. I kind of want to get out of restaurant work. 
And they always they always talked a big game about wanting to sell the place. And, you know, I, I just kind of started to think about it because I'd been working there for about four years. I knew the place was busy, and I knew that there was something really special about the place that, you know, it's a, it's a combination of, of the people that come in there and the people that work there and just where we where we were, it seemed kind of like a no-brainer, and I couldn't believe that these people wanted to give up on it, you know? Right. Um, my business partner, we were pretty good friends at the time, so we just kind of started talking about what can we do, how can we how can we save some money or, um, you know, gather some funds to buy this restaurant? How can we make it work? And we had we had no idea what we were doing. We had worked in restaurants for five or six years. but So we ended up getting, getting it together. I mean, it took about um, – it took about a year of planning to get everything together and trying to figure out how we how we could borrow money because you know who this was before you know like crowdfunding and stuff and to be a, a tattooed twenty five year old is like yeah I want to borrow thirty thousand dollars to buy a restaurant we were like yeah get the fuck out of here you know it wasn't it really wasn't a doing it the normal way like via bank and stuff really wasn't an option so we bought it in two thousand and four so. 13 years later, it's been an awesome, um, an awesome move. It's, 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 it's always stressful, but, uh, it's been good for me. Um, it, it's been good for my family. I mean, I, I did, you know, I worked six nights a week, seven hours, mm -hmm. you know, seven hours a night, just nonstop working when I only had one kid. But now the right. restaurant is successful enough and we moved to a bigger location that I can kind of sit back and focus on um, not having such a huge role there, you know. But, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's, that's pretty much how it happened. It's, I, it's nothing that I ever um, thought that I, that, I, that I would do for a living, but it's, it's been good for me, and it's allowed me to not have a, not have a normal job. You know, both of my um, fathers, my dad and my stepdad were both self-employed, so I never had a dad who came home and was like, "Fuck, I've been at the office all day. I hate this." Mm -hmm. So, so I didn't, I didn't really see that, and um, and I think that kind of kind gave of me a strong like predisposition to, yeah, to be self-employed. What's your favorite um, part of running the business? My favorite part is um, just kind of hanging out there and um, I, I really enjoy just helping people, helping people that are working there and helping people that are there, you know, mm -hmm. to enjoy themselves. Um, you know, cause not, I mean, I don't go out to eat because <laughs> right. uh, you know, it's, it's a lot to do. It's, it's a lot of money. I just, I don't know. There's something I, I enjoy the fast pace. I enjoy, it's almost like just as much as a social Especially when you got three kids, you know, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to work now, and I'll get to see, you know, the 30 people that I work with, all the people that I'm, um, you know, friends and regulars that have been coming in for longer than I've worked there for, um, shit, 16 years, you know. Wow. I just, there's something, there's something very special about about that place for me. Sounds like a family. Um, yeah, it is, and the, and it's, I very much too. Now that we've been around for a while, like that kind of scene in Richmond has changed a lot. Like we went through a period where, you know, I just feel like everyone really wanted to have like big, crazy, like New York lounge restaurants with color changing bars and crazy shit where you right. just want to be like a, a neighborhood kind of spot. And it was cool because we're on the outside of ECU, so there's always young kids, but we were, 
in Oregon Hill when Oregon Hill was still pretty wild. So it was very much a lot of people from there. And it's crazy. We get, you know, we, we get old white ladies that are going to go see shows at the Landmark and young punk kids and art professors and all this stuff. So I just I always thought that was cool, too, that all these different kind of people can converge in one place and enjoy themselves simultaneously. It blows my mind how, how busy it is. Um, I mean, you guys seem to yeah, be really doing awesome. well. Yeah, I mean, we're, um, we're you know, we're lucky. I mean, um, being busy, you know, I've, I'm never going to get rich doing it, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with what I do, and, like, I hope that my kids can work there. And uh, I, I enjoy providing people with, a, with like, a, a job where they're, where they're cared about and stuff. I mean, there's just so many different facets of it that I enjoy that I, like, what I consider to be successful, you know. Mm. I mean, and, shit, and, I'll take being rich, too, but. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, um, and what do you think is probably your least favorite aspect of that? Because it sounds like while it is a lot of work that can be satisfying, there obviously has to, with a lot of work, going to come a lot of stuff that just yeah, it, is it it's, it's just, just stress, just the un- unpredictability of it, just. You know, it, it, it's it's almost it's almost common. So like the um the big the big bike race that came to town. You know. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the like, UCI championship. Yeah, this shit's gonna be crazy, and whether or not they unintentionally scared everyone away or whatever. I mean, whether or not it was a flop or you know, I mean, if you're into that, people thought, yeah, this is great. Um, right. You know, so we we were like all hands on deck. We were ready to. Um, you know, make some money, save some money. See, because we we were trying to um, buy another restaurant, which something I'm glad it didn't happen because I wouldn't be talking to you on the phone in the afternoon. I'd probably be busting my ass again for a couple more years. But uh, oh wow, just things like um, so that bike race came and we were com- we were completely dead. We had we had managed to save like twenty grand and we spent almost all of it just being open because you know I don't I don't want the twenty people that worked for me or however however many people to not have a job for two weeks because they have their own shit going on that they can't, you know, it's like you can't just not get paid for two weeks. So right. there's things like that, just like, just like stress, you know, it could go smooth for months and then fuck, guess what? Five people want to quit and everything just broke. So I think it's just, just the unpredictability of it is both a blessing and a curse. You know, it's, it's a good thing, but it's also, it mm. could just go to shit in a moment's notice. Wow. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, yeah, I, I think you have to have a special personality type to be able to, like, like to be able to navigate that. Like, I've met people that thrive in those kind of things. Like, like they thrive off that responsibility. It made, it, yeah, like it enlivens them. It sounds like you have that that um, where it actually kind of propels you. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy it. I mean, I I need to. I've, like I said, I've kind of been slacking off for a couple of years because I've got three mm-hmm. kids and we're, we're homeschooling my two oldest kids this year. So like really I'm focusing on that right now. Yeah. Which is a crazy, another crazy thing to do. That is a crazy responsibility. How but, you, um, how, okay. I got a couple <laughs> questions about that. Um, okay. Why did we choose to do it? Cause we had, um, we had, we, we really liked the, the school that our kids went to and, it's not one. It's not one reason at all. It's definitely okay. not because we didn't think that public schools weren't good enough for our kids. I mean, you know, we, when we moved a couple of years ago, we chose to stay in the city because we really liked their schools. Um, there were a few things that happened. Um, 
at their school that I didn't that I didn't think were cool or that I wasn't all right with. And so we kind of started to explore the option to homeschool. In and it's super easy to do in Virginia. And and, and the it's funny because my my reasons have changed as I've as I've done it more. Uh huh. So and now my reason is, my reason is is like well we have the ability to do because my wife and I both don't have traditional jobs. Um, so I mean, we we have the ability to do so. So why not? I mean, because I mean, what? Do you, yeah, yes, you do learn stuff in school, but you kind of learn the meaningful stuff on your own. And school is becoming so. You know, it's like uh, you, you're. You know, you hear about people that go up to college. They don't know how to make like how to make pasta or something. You know, like I was just like kind of just think about the the uh, to have the ability to teach your kids meaningful things, you know, like how to cook and take care of themselves and play music and art and, and yeah, reading and writing and all that stuff is, is crucial too, but, and, and, and of course it makes sense public school has to fit the most people the best that it can, you know? Right. Yeah. It's, um, it, well, it aims for like the kind of average, it seems yeah. to do okay at that. Yeah, it does. Um, there's so many things that schools have to worry about getting right. And it just seems like it gets more and more that that's the focus is on is like on how on all of these things the school has to do. I think that like the main thing that they have to do is teach people kind of takes the back seat. Yeah. But it's why well, I, it's been, I asked it's, it's been a crazy adventure to homeschool our kids. It's been it's been really fun and I don't I don't know if we're gonna do it for their entire school career because that would be crazy, but Right. Well what what's the downside? Um, the downside is, you know, that we have to work really hard to be sure that they get to be around children their own age, not their own age, but children that they get along with that aren't that they're right. related to. Right, right, right. Uh, the socialization. Yeah, socialization is uh, is is big, and and any kind of um, anything else, like any kind of enrichment or anything, you have to pay out of pocket for, you know. So that's kind of a a downside too. I mean, there's ton, there's tons of resources. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Are you connected into any of the like? Because I know there's like networks of homeschooling. We are not things. right now. We're we're not against it, but um, we wanted to um, we wanted to do it for a year first. Just give it a shot. We we, yeah, we didn't want to commit to like being um, being in a group or being in a co-op and not be prepared to contribute because you know some what I've heard is some of them are if you're not towing a line and they'll just be like all right well you know we've got other people that will yeah. contribute more actively than you so I'd love to ask you doing all this stuff and balancing being a parent how do you approach life with kids and doing all these things that you do um it's 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 pretty different now because you know um my wife works in film, and right, she's been the last couple of years. She's been pretty busy. So right mm-hmm. for so since December, she's been working, you know, five days a week, ten, twelve hour days. So like the majority of doing stuff with the kids in the morning is uh is 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 on me. And since it's actually probably less less stressful to homeschool them because we don't have to like. You know, wake up crazy early in the morning and get everyone ready and out the door and go to two different places and all this stuff. So a, a big part of our day homeschooling is we get up and we do a little bit. You know, the kids come to work with me sometimes and just try and 
think of it as like that we're having a, a crazy a crazy adventure with them, you know. Sometimes we learn things along the way. Sometimes we'll find something that we can take off on a tangent and study for a couple of weeks. Sometimes we'll just go and walk around the woods. Some my kids are getting older too. Me and my son, they're they're ten and six, and so you know they're pretty much independent. They can do whatever they whatever they want. Alabama is a little bit of a wild card because she's mm-hmm. you know she's she's a three year old. She's just <laughs> all over the place. It's funny because lots of people have that reaction where they're like, so wait, you've got three kids and you homeschool them and you're self-employed. Like, that's crazy. It sounds like you probably have so much going on. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't necessarily think that I do. I mean, I think it's like anything. If you're, you know, if you've got two jobs and you're going to school, like when you're entrenched in that life, it just it just breezes past, you know. Yeah. But I'm I'm pretty fortunate to you know, the amount that I have to technically work, even though I work at home a lot and uh, and I go to the restaurant still probably six days a week. But, you know, if I if there's times where I don't, if I can't go or I don't want to go or if I have to do if I'm doing something with the kids, that's totally fine too, you know. What advice would you have for somebody that was, like, looking to, like, try and do their own thing like you did with 821 or playing in the band that you've gotten to play with? Um, maybe someone's thinking about trying something but maybe they're a little scared or um maybe they don't think they um, do it themselves i i mean i'm i'm so good at i'm so good at talking myself out of, out of doing things you know right and whether it's something stupid like you know hey let's go so-and-so is having a, a barbecue let's go to their house or or hey do you want to play I me mean, the hardest the hardest part about it is just getting started you know that's the right. hardest thing for me especially what you're saying from like a music standpoint, like, you know, like the first time when I was going to go practice with Amberetta, I was like, you know what, I, I could just not go and not do it. I mean, it might be cool, but I don't really know the instrument that well or the songs. But having done it, I learned learned a lot and I had fun and I made some friends. You know, I think that you just have to be willing to try and whether or not, and whether it's a short game, like something like a band or a long, I mean, like I said, it took a year to get going at the, at the restaurant. I mean, I think that there's something really cool about Richmond that young people have every much of a chance as someone with a bunch of money to go in and start a cool business or a store or shop or anything and be pretty successful. I mean, there's tons of people that have, you know, in bike shops or thrift stores or sold their art. I just think that there's something really unique about Richmond that allows people to be successful and, like, to so to attain your idea, it doesn't have to be a million-dollar plan or this crazy um, just don't don't not thinking that you're going to succeed is not, you know, a good enough reason to not try it, I guess. This has been Various Things, and I'm your host, Gary Lama. I'd like to thank Andrew for talking with me. You can find more episodes like this at VariousPodcast.com, as well as at iTunes and Stitcher under the show name Various Things. Thank you for listening.